Hello, good morning. So nice that you can see my face. Um, I really, really wish that I could see yours too. My name is Caitlin and I'm currently a voluntary pastoral assistant. Um, and in a couple of days time, I get to drop the voluntary as I become a short-term employee of Kingdom Vineyard, which I'm so delighted about and so happy that Jim shared that this morning. Today, we are continuing our series, Rest and Reset, where each week we are taking a look at one of the Psalms. We felt we really wanted to slow down and focus on resting in Jesus and resetting our relationship with him in this season of uncertainty and of constant change. The Psalm that I have chosen is Psalm 91 as it has offered me a lot of comfort these past few weeks. But before I share anything more about why I chose it and what I think that we can learn from it, I'm gonna pass over to Paul to read for us. Psalm 91. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from the fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. But you will see it with your eyes. You will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your dwelling, for he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will satisfy them with a long life and give them my salvation. Before I even attempt to dive into this, just a little disclaimer that there is so much in this psalm that it's really impossible for me to do it justice this morning. So I do encourage you to go and spend time with it yourself and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you through it. Um, and he tends to do a way better job than me anyway. But I'm going to start by pulling a few things out the text that I think are important for us today. And then I want to share with you much more personally about how this psalm has been comforting me in the season that I am walking through. So let's jump on in. Psalm 91 screams protection like a flashing neon sign. Verses 1 to 4 and 9 to 13 are all about it. It talks about living in the shelter of God and resting in his shadow. 
It speaks of God as a refuge and a place of safety and about how he will rescue you and you will be protected by his angels. These words of God's protection are beautiful. But what really stood out to me when I read them was the circumstance for that protection. Protection is in the context of relationship with God the Father. Verse 2 says, He is my God and I trust him. That place of love and trust is the place from which we can enter his covering. And this means that we need to put our relationship with him first. We need to nurture it, to opt into it, and to spend time running into God's outstretched arms. And we need to not take this relationship for granted. Protection is in the context of a loving and trusting relationship with the Father. Verses five to eight go on to talk about how we should not be afraid. We hear this frequently in the Bible. Do not be afraid. And it's always a good reminder. We need not be afraid because we have the Lord on our side. Because we are under the protection of our Father. Now, that doesn't mean we are stupid and that we walk around like no harm is going to come our way. But neither do we walk around in fear. We take courage in the faithfulness of God and the fact that he promises that in times of trouble, he will be with us. This protection, this not being afraid, all comes from knowing God the Father's heart toward us. The Father's heart is weaved throughout this whole psalm and is particularly clear in the final group of verses 14 to 16. They say, The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honour them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. The Father is longing to be with you and to pour out his blessings on you. He is a loving parent who just wants to hang out with you and protect you from anything that could hurt you. The offer to enter into his rest and his shelter is there for us all today and every day. If you are feeling far from God this morning, know that he is calling you to him. We are all invited back every time that we begin to wander. He is there, he is ready, and he is willing to welcome you with open arms and celebration, whether that's for the first time 
or for the hundredth time. And all he asks of us is to love him and to trust him. This psalm feels both really relevant and really challenging in our current situation. It says we will be protected from disease and plagues. And yet, I look at the coronavirus deaths and my heart just sinks a bit. That protection isn't always our lived experience. Now, most of us probably haven't experienced the virus for ourselves, but not a single one of us has been unaffected. And tragically, lots of us have experienced the pain of losing a loved one, whether that's to this virus or to something else. We all experience hurt and illness. So before I go on to share with you how I find this psalm a comfort and not a slap in the face, I do just want to briefly address this question of, if it says that we'll be protected, why then is there so much hurt? Well, we believe that the kingdom of God is now and not yet. Meaning we experience the things of his kingdom here and now we see him rescue people and protect them and move in power. But the kingdom is also not yet. There is still evil in this world and we still live amongst it. In fact, we're part of God's plan to save it. But God's full kingdom is coming and we can live with hope and faith that one day all will be right in the world. And until that day, we keep trusting, we keep praying, and we keep welcoming his presence into the world now. If this question is one that you are struggling with, and even if it's not, you probably will at some point, I want to send you on a little trip back to Rachel's sermon last week, who made a couple great observations on this. And then she will point you back to Morag's sermon on the Kingdom of God from October, which is still to the day the most clearly explained teaching I've ever heard on this subject. And whilst we're talking about the not yet fully removed evil in this world, you may recognise a couple of the verses from this psalm from where they are quoted in the Gospel. Verses 11 to 12 are quoted in Luke chapter 4, which is the temptation of Jesus. Turns out they are quoted by the devil. Always a delight to find out that your passage is quoted by Satan. So let's have a look at Luke chapter 4 verses 9 to 12. It says, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands 
so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. So the devil takes Jesus up to the top of the temple and is like, all right then, if, if you are the son of God, then jump because um, Psalm 91 says, you know, God's gonna come and send his angels to protect you to the point that you won't like even stub your toe. So come on then, let's see, unless, you know, you don't actually believe it. The devil presents Jesus with a clever lose-lose situation. You have option A, which is to jump off the temple, trusting God, but that's a bit like trying to force God's arm to do what you want. Kind of like the untrusting child who's pushing boundaries to see if their parent really does love them. Or we have option B, don't jump. But then the devil's kind of made that to look like you don't trust God's promise to protect you. But Jesus, being the genius that he is, came back with the perfect response. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Now this is genius because the quote is from Deuteronomy 6.16, which references a story where God's people grumbled and tried to twist his arm to do something for them. Moses, their leader at the time, wasn't best pleased with them because that's just not the relationship that they were meant to have with God. So Moses says, to paraphrase, you must not arm twist the Lord your God. And the same goes for us. God doesn't want us to try and manipulate him into loving us or to hold his words against him to get him to do what we want. You know, what loving parent would? By quoting this scripture back to the devil, what Jesus is saying is, that is not the type of relationship I have with my father. I love him and I trust him and I don't need to test him. And in an added bonus, in the Exodus story that Jesus is quoting from, God actually did provide for them anyway, even though they were being moany and rubbish. Our relationship with God is not to be the sort where we try and blackmail him into giving us what we want. If we think that in Psalm 91, we now have a promise to hold over God's head, then we have completely missed the point. But if we read this Psalm and our response is, wow, God, I love that this is your heart for me then we have really got it. Do not twist the Lord your God's arm because it's not the relationship he wants with you and because he's, it's not what he is like. He wants a relationship with loving trust. And let me tell you, I know that that is not easy. 
I want to share with you a bit about how I experienced this psalm and how it has comforted me in my specific situation. When I came across this psalm in my search for what to preach on, I actually had quite an emotional response, which is very unusual for me. And I've been reflecting on exactly what that emotion was and what had me well up as I read. You know, it wasn't sadness, neither was it happiness, but just a wave of relief. The lifting of burdens that I had been trying to carry by myself. It was the freedom that comes from sitting with Jesus and letting go of my need to try and control. This lockdown season has been a challenge for everyone in different ways. For me, it's been a time of grieving. Grieving the experiences I was looking forward to having toward the end of my internship. Grieving moving out of the St Andrews area where I've called home for almost seven years and all of this happening so suddenly. It's been a season of uncertainty I have found it really hard hearing people talk about eventually going back to normal because lockdowns happened in a transitional season for me. So my pre-lockdown normal isn't gonna exist anymore. I knew that when lockdown ended, I would no longer be an intern and I would be entering the job market, which in case you're wondering, is abysmal at the moment. Of course, I now have this short-term job opportunity to continue working here with Kingdom Vineyard, which I didn't expect at all. And I'm so incredibly thankful for. I think I cried for about the whole day when Jim gave me the offer. I'm delighted to be serving this church and doing more of what I love and to have some security over the summer. It's a huge, huge blessing but I still have the uncertainty of the end of that contract. When I, read, when I reach mid-September, I have no clue what I'll be going on to do, where I'll be doing that, and honestly, if there's even gonna be anything for me. I know that I am so fortunate. I have so many privileges that actually, if I am unemployed for a bit, I will be fine. I have a wonderful family a home to live in, food on the table. And I'm not blind to the luxury that that is. But it also doesn't invalidate the challenges that lockdown has brought for me. The feelings and disappointment that I've had to confront and the anxiety that I've experienced. We often have a tendency to try and push away or downplay our own experiences because we know that it could be so much worse. But whilst we should of course be grateful for the blessings we have, and we have many, we should also not feel guilty about recognising and grieving our own disappointment. The Bible is full of people crying out to God so I really encourage you to come before him with whatever you are going through and lay it all out so he can come and he can bring comfort, peace and healing.
That is an honest window into my past few months. And in the midst of it all, this psalm offered a wave of relief as I felt God remind me that in what I'm walking through now and whatever I walk through in the future, I don't have to carry it all on my own. I am invited into his rest. I am invited into his presence and into his protection. I am invited into that safe place where I don't need to have my defences up. I don't need to put on a brave face. I don't need to carry the weight of my burdens. In his presence, I'm invited to just be the child and relax in the shelter of the Most High. And he is inviting you too. What I also realised is that in order to really enter into this rest and enter into his presence, I had to let go of control and instead trust him. And that is exactly what this psalm helped me do. And the freedom and relief that came brought me to tears. It offered me comfort in a world that is hurting so much right now. It helped me realign myself with God and set my sights back upon the eternal promises we have. That one day, every tear will be wiped away as he makes all things new. We may not be immune to every pain here and now, but we do have a promise of eternal protection through our relationship with Jesus. No evil will conquer us. No plague will come near our homes because we will be fully in the presence of our loving Father. I've said quite a bit this morning and there's still so much more that I could say. But what I really would love for you to take away is this. Go and sit with God. Go and sit in his presence and let go of the heaviness and the burdens you are carrying. Go and read his words in this psalm over yourself and hear his heart for you, for yourself. He is trustworthy. He loves you so much and he longs to give you rest and comfort. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for how you love us and for how you just long to spend time with us. Thank you for your protection over us and for the way you walk alongside us. I pray that all of us would become aware of your presence even now. And for those who are hurting, Lord, would you comfort them and would you bring them into the shelter of your wings? Lord, we pray today and every day, your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen.